Welcome back, Internet. It is part two of our 10-part team-by-team preview of the North American LCS. It is I, Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar, uh, Imperial Esports Editor-in-Chief, and I am joined by my good friend, Walter C. 80s Fedchuk. Walter, how you doing, man? I'm I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. We got TSM out of the way, which means it's all downhill from here for me. <laughs> I think they're the best team in North America, so I, you know, whatever. We're going to be talking about the rest of the rest of the plebes, I guess. Oh man. Yeah, that is uh you have nine fan bases you just made angry at once. So congratulations. That is Hey, we already made one of them angry. <laughs> oh god. We're going to just keep poking that bear, huh? I love I, it. Hey, I'm a TSM fan. What do you expect? I uh, I appreciate that. you got to <laughs> keep that rivalry alive. But we're going to talk about what might be a new rivalry for TSM. We're going to be talking about Immortals today. And Immortals are, to me, one of the most interesting teams in this entire region. I've gone back and forth on my opinion of this team. Somewhere between ten and 18,000 times. I, I didn't keep an exact count. I really should have. Uh, they got here by buying Team 8 spot. Team 8 obviously finished 8th last split because, of course, they did. Uh, they moved Dodo 8 to a manager position, so he's still around. But everything else, totally new. We've got Hooney and Rainover in the top and jungle, respectively, coming over from Fnatic. Uh, Poe Belter, the former CLG mid, has found a new home again. Uh, as he likes to do whenever there's an offseason. Uh, Wild Turtle from TSM. You know, this is a, a, his first big roster switch uh, since joining that team. And he's going to be joined by Adrian at support from Impulse. Uh, and Dylan Falco as the head coach, a guy who's been an analyst in a couple places uh, over his career so far. Walter, when you look at this team, what are your first instincts on this team? So this this team to me... It has very uh, large possibility to be the trap team. The team that everyone thinks is really, really good, because on paper they look really, really, really good. The problem with this team to me is that none of these players have had sustained success of more than a split or a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hooney did amazing on Fnatic, but he had times towards the end of the of the, the summer split and into the, the uh, World Championship where he just didn't look like amazing like he looked like he was very i kept i kept using the word during those podcasts egotistical mm. like he thought his his own you know didn't stink basically that he was this you know world beater he was the best top laner rada 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 and i'm just not sure that he is he he's made cases where he could be considered a top tier top laner but he's also made cases where he gets caught out a lot he overextends except you know etc etc rain over until this year, again, was affectionately known as game over in Korea and, you know, couldn't stay in Korea, couldn't find a spot in Korea. Poe Belter, to me, some people have him rated a lot higher than I do. I just think that he only played three champions last year, and if he can't focus on one champion, then he's probably in trouble. And Wild Turtle and Adrian, kind of the same thing to me is they have very different play styles. Adrian played with a very passive kind of 80 carry where he could really just leave him on his own and wild turtle you really need to like hold on to his leash and not let him go crazy so i think there are a lot of uh potential issues in terms of there's just no one that's really really consistent on this roster well and this leads us to our most exciting storyline and i'm i'm much higher on uh on adrian and wild turtle meshing than you are i think because because my most exciting uh question was how well does Adrian's disengaged style mesh with Hooney 
and wild turtles' aggressive tendencies. Because the thing about Adrian that was so great on impulse is that, yeah, sure, he had a passive 80 carry, but that just meant he could roam and help his super aggressive jungler and often aggressive top laner go make plays across the map. Now he's got an aggressive laner with him, and he's got an aggressive top laner that's still going to need his roams. This feels like it should mesh, right? It it feels like it to some extent, but I think on paper, talent-wise, they're ab- absurdly talented. I think across the board, Adrian is you know one of the top supports in in North America. Wild Turtle is a really really good AD carry if he can fix his positioning mistakes. Pole Belter has always been hyped up as this you know the next great North American talent, and uh, you know Hootie came out of nowhere last year on Fnatic. The the trouble I have is just. Can they figure out a way to make it all mesh? And I think uh, the head coach, Dylan Falco, Falco is a good coach. He's a good analyst. He's had success on TSM and on uh, on H2K. But this is the first time that he's kind of in this very head role where he's the guy that's going to be creating the entire system. So Hooney and Rainover, again, I'm going to bring up St. Vicious talking about the structured system that Fnatic had. And that Hooney and Rainover probably had problems with it, that they wanted a little bit more of a lax environment because they got out of Korea and they got away from that sort of stuff. I'm just not sure that they're going to be as successful in a more lax environment. Uh, well, you know, even if they have to deal with that change in environment, I think one thing that will help, you know, is is just how good Adrian looks. So a lot of people, they don't realize he had an 80.8% kill participation. That is the highest in North America. He had a 5.6 KDA, the highest among supports in North America. He placed the most wards of anyone in North America. This win was fourth in ward clearance rate. He has just done everything a team has asked for him. And if there's anyone who's going to take Hooney and this kind of aggressive style that he throws out there and take Wild Turtle, whose positioning has kind of become suspect, we'll say, over the last few months, I think Adrian's that guy. And that's why I am excited to see that happen. Because if Adrian can do what he did last split, I think these guys have a real chance to continue to hit uh, the peaks that obviously Immortals are hoping from them when they signed them. Uh, but it's really going to come on Adrian. He's He's got to play as well as he did last split for this team to work. Because if he takes a step back, even slightly the degree of difficulty for this team certainly gets higher. Now, I want to move to the most underrated storyline for a second. Let's talk about Poe Belter, because you've mentioned a couple times here that you know there are some reasons to have some mixed feelings on him. People kind of go back and forth on Poe Belter. And so my question to you is, is this Poe Belter's last chance to prove he can become a top-tier NA mid laner rather than a, just a average middle-of-the-pack one? I think he's just established himself as he is a role player. I think that he was extremely hyped up back in like the Curse Academy days, back, you know, we're talking like 2013, 2014, right when he joined like uh, Winter Fox. Like he was a super hyped up. He was going to be this great North American mid laner, all, you know, extremely talented. And I think he's just going to end up being a good role player. I think he, he has value in that he, is good when he can focus on one one or two champions and get really good at them. He's really really good at them. I'm not going to deny his victor at at Madison Square Garden was amazing, but 
nobody challenged his champion pool. Nobody challenged him to play something else. Uh, the entire season, he basically played like Lulu and Victor and Azir, and that was it. And granted that that was like the meta of all you really had to play, but I just I don't like when your your mid laner who's supposed to be your big playmaker is so one dimensional. And I think at this point he's proven that he's one dimensional. He's proven that he's not capable of being a a playmaking carry, you know, going out of your mind like uh like a Bjergsen. But that has value. He's a North American player. He's pretty good. He's, you know, above LCS, you know, above the replacement line if he deserves to be in the LCS. And he's probably, you know, the fourth or fifth player in terms of the mid laners in the LCS. So uh, I don't think he's going to prove that he is going to be like this top tier number one mid laner in North America. But I think at this point, he's, you know, everyone has figured out what he is and we kind of have to accept that. Yeah, it's when you do a deep dive on the stats, you know, his KDA looks great. Um, but it's going to look great. He was on CLG. They were the top team in North America. You're going to get some kills when you're, you know, winning all these team fights because you're winning games. Uh, the numbers that really worry me about him, and this is the number that stood out most to me, me minus 4.7 CS at 10 minutes. That's a problem because the way that Rainover and Huni were able to work is because Reckless and Forbidden always stayed even or won their lanes. So Rainover could almost exclusively gank top and make that work. He could get Huni going. He could keep Huni safe when Huni went too far and kind of babysit that area. Now, if he does that, Popelter is going to follow behind in most games. He's not a great laner. He is a great assister to other people who are great laners, but he is not in himself a power. His effective gold per minute, when he has to earn it on his own, he was only fifth in the league. That's a concern for me. I worry that this guy is going to require, you know, both Huni and Rainover to just play very differently in order to try to get him going in a way that I'm not sure that they can really afford to do. You know, you look at how did Pobelter work out last bit? Well, he had a top laner in Zion Spartan that was completely self-sufficient, but Huni's going to need help and Rainover can't be in two places at once. Uh, and this comes to my biggest fear at the end of the day, Walter. You know, we have a, a lot of big names here, a lot of players that, you know, you see on paper and we should be getting excited about. And instead, we kind of have this, you know, there's been this kind of negative air around all this. And so I have to ask you, is this just a team with big name players that have already hit their peak? I that That's the, that's the fear. That's the fear is that, you know, I, when you take Rainover and, and Hootie out of that fanatic system that they're going to go back to what they were, which was, you know, game over in a no-name mid, you know, a no-name challenger level uh, top laner. Granted, Huni is exceptionally skilled. And then the other three, they've, again, Poe Belter is very one-dimensional in my opinion. Wild Turtle has crazy positioning issues. And Adrian, I think, is also somewhat one-dimensional in that he only really plays disengage supports. And while he's really good at that and really good at roaming the map, you you need to excel at the other things as a support. You're not always going to be able to play Alistar and Janna. You know, you're going to have to move on to the Thresh. You're going to have to move on to, eventually, at some point, the Split Leona. The Sonas, the Namis, like, you're going to have to play those kind of champions just because the meta is not going to stay stagnant for the entire Split. So, I think I think the upside on this team, they have an immense high ceiling. They could very easily win this Split, just based on the talent they have. But, I think that there's also a chance, you know, they could end up, uh, you know, the, the fifth, fifth or sixth seed, even. Uh, I don't think they drop any lower than that because I think just on sheer talent, they're better than 
uh, at least for other teams here. But, you know, there is a chance that if things don't go their way and they get into a slump, they could miss the playoffs. It's a really precarious situation because so much of this is going to fall on Adrian's shoulders and Rainover's shoulders to make this work. Agreed. Um, Rainover, you know, he was known as Game Over in Korea for a reason, and he doesn't have Yellow Star anymore to be this incredible shot caller to make sure he's always at the right place at the right time. He has to be able to do it and have taken those lessons, internalized them, and now do it on his own. We don't know if he can do it. Uh, Adrian, meanwhile, has to – he has to basically play disengage this whole time because he needs to be the one keeping Wild Turtle and Hooney alive because Rainover has to get Poe Belter going. And it just requires a change in mindset from what a lot of these guys have done before because their their skill sets can bounce off of each other. But they're not going to bounce off each other if they play the way they always have, if they try to force the strategies that got them where they are. That will fail because this team is not built like the teams that they have been on in the past. They have to find a new way to play, and a lot of that's going to fall on Dylan Falco to make that work. If he can do it, this team's going to be really scary. But I'm getting a sense, Walter, um, that you're looking into your crystal ball, and you've got some clairvoyant Walter to share with the rest of the world right now. What are you seeing as you look into the crystal ball for this team? I am seeing that this team is, is not going to be a top three team in North America. I think that it's much more likely that this team ends up in that four to six spot and that they don't make it to the semifinals of the spring, uh, spring playoffs. I think that's way more likely than it is that they are, are you know, one of the top three teams. Yeah. It's uh, when you make the list, you know, you go down the, the line, you know, who is going to, you know, make it in North America. It's like, okay, do you, you know, CLG? Do you, do you leave out CLG? Do you leave Immortals? Do you leave NRG? You know, who knows what Liquid's doing? Cloud9 is always in play. Renegades has some pieces that are really interesting. You know, Immortals is it's not like this is gonna be some, you know, open road for these, you know, high profile, very talented guys to just walk into. They're gonna have to make it work. And that leads to my final thoughts on this team. I think we have two known quantities and three guys who could just Completely bust out. It's uh, I have no idea whether Hooney, Rainover, or Wild Turtle can still perform at the level this team is going to need them to. And I think we're going to know within five weeks whether they are a top contender or if they're just a you know middle of the pack, you know having to fight to ensure that their playoff spot you know is what they want it to be. Uh, that's that's where I come down on this team. Uh, just because I think that as good as Adrian played last split, now we have a whole split of film on him. They know how to play on his champion pool. And I think it's very, very hard to play at the level he played at. Again, I just think that's an incredibly difficult task to ask of a guy. Where do you come down on this team at the end of the day, Walter? Uh, like I kind of said in my predictions, I don't think that they're going to make the semifinals of the playoffs. I think anywhere kind of in that four to six uh, spot is where I would peg them down. But... This is the one team that really kind of keeps me up at night about they could go either way. They could all of a sudden just blow the roof off everyone and go 18-0 like Fnatic did last year and win the split and you know make me eat all this crow. But I just don't feel comfortable giving players that have only had a split or a year of, of limited success that much benefit of the doubt. 
So I think they miss the. I, I think they make it to the semifinals, but they don't get through. It's going to be fun to watch either way. I think uh, it's a very exciting team, and this has been a very exciting podcast. Uh, this is our day two of Team by Team Previews. Obviously, we did TSM yesterday. You might not know, we're also doing Europe, so you should totally uh, listen to those as well. We did Vitality yesterday. We're doing uh, Splice today, so you guys have even more podcasts to listen to if you're a Western fan. As always, you can find those on iTunes at Esports Gambling Hour or on SoundCloud.com slash Esports Gambling Hour. Find me at Redshirt King. Walter, they find you at? C80s underscore LOL. So definitely go reach us out in those places to let us know what you think. And tomorrow, come back, because we're going to be talking about a team that we once found controversial and has now evolved into one of the most fascinating teams, I think, in all of North America. So until tomorrow, goodbye, Internet.